From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Rash Connell along with Mary Danielson. It is Friday, December the 1st, 2023, a brand new month. And uh, Mary, you're going to have to have on the on the podcast, guess that the uh, devil doesn't want to stop. <laughs> uh, we we yeah. hopefully going to not have any um, connection problems with our guests this morning. Yeah. But Here's Eve, thank you for your grace. Yeah, bear with us a little bit. Sometimes we got to fill in some spaces when we have uh, technological issues. So you got to love technology. Can't live it. Can't can't live with it. Can't live without it. But today we have JB Hickson back with us as we start the final month of the year. And we're going to do something a little bit different, at least for me. We're going to walk back through 2023, and we're going to see what trends and topics most captured our attention and what we might expect as 2024 comes at us like a freight train. I can't believe how fast the time is going. So we don't have a top 10. We are just going to look at some of the months because, you know, as, as uh, high, um, headlines come and go, uh, they go really, really quick when something takes their place. And we have selective memory or short memory based on what we're told we're supposed to think about. So therein lies the, the dilemma with the news. But uh, as usual, scripture verse first, then we're going to pray and jump in, uh, introduce JB and jump in. So scripture verse today is Psalm 105, 1 to 4. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing psalms to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face forevermore. Again, Psalm 105, 1-4. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, be counted as a privilege to serve you another day. And our hearts do rejoice, Lord, in uh, the salvation that you have so richly provided for us through your Son, and, uh, Lord, we lift up those in our sphere of influence who don't know you, and we ask that you would go before us, that we would be ready to give an answer uh, at all times for the hope that is in us, and that you would be preparing hearts by your Spirit to save that one in our lives who may be resisting your grace for now. Uh, Lord, we lift up those who are suffering in the body. We ask for your healing and comforting touch. And I lift up JB and his loved ones and thank you for his faithfulness in ministry. Uh, bless his fellowship with hearts that are knit together, Lord, to accomplish your will. Give him good health and, and energy to finish well. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're welcoming back, like I said, JB Hickson today, president and founder of Not By Works Ministries, pastor of Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado, author, speaker, radio host, many, many years of ministry experience. Um, and you can find a number of great resources at notbyworks.org, uh, spiritoftheantichrist.org, and you can visit that for volumes one and two of those books. Um, great resources, great, uh, very comprehensive. Uh, and if you, especially if you're new to prophecy, boy, it lays it out really well. Spirit of the False Prophet, the latest book, The Rise of the Global Technocracy, is also found at notbyworks.org, and you can click on the store option. And we want to welcome J back JB, and he's going to be speaking at the Pre-Trib Study Group December 4th through 6th. Welcome back, and what are you going to talk about? Hey, Mary, thanks for having <laughs> me on. Yeah, looking forward. We we head out actually Sunday right after okay. church. 
yeah. go to that conference, and I'll be talking about uh, the new book, Spirit of the False Prophet, Rise of the Global Technocracy. Excellent, excellent. I'm sure that'll be fantastic. And other guests include, of course, Mr. Tommy Ice, and uh, let's see, uh, Lee Brainerd, Andy Woods, Randall Price, David Reagan, Olivia Melnick. Wow, what a lineup, JB. That sounds fabulous and so needed in these times that we're living in. No doubt, yeah. I wonder how in the world I got put on that list, but I'm grateful, uh, like a kid in a candy shop, looking forward to hanging out with some of those guys. Yeah, and it'll be great to get the sessions afterwards um, so people can keep an eye on the uh, Pre-Trib Research, Research Center online and maybe get a hold of those. That would be that would be wonderful. Like I said, we're going to talk about 2023, which is mostly, largely, in the rearview mirror. We're not going to do a top ten approach, but I want to take month by month. I was surprised at some of the things that took place that I had forgotten about. So I'm just going to jump in with the fact that uh, it kind of started out with the end of the pandemic for pretty much everybody. Um, it kind of ended with a whimper biologically, but the push for the vaxes then really got underway. Back in January, DeMar Hamlin was in the news um, um, the, the football player who, who uh, collapsed on field and other athletes having serious cardiac events and strokes. So that was kind of uh, how it started. But January, JB, I want to look at January here briefly. Um, Ukraine uh, occupied everybody's mind uh, and a nuclear threat uh, by Putin. Is he going to use nukes? That was one of the big stories. Terry James wrote an article. He said, the diplomats of the world are making noise about Russia more and more, looking like it will come to the nuclear option to defeat the Ukrainians. Was Is Putin really mad? JB, what happened with that nuclear threat? <laughs> well, it's We're still always here. <laughs> still lingering out there. Putin is, is quite the madman. I think everybody uh, mm-hmm. agrees. I guess not everybody. There are always some pundits out there trying to be his apologist. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I remember that well. It was a really a tense moment. Anytime something happens over there in that region, uh, all uh, Bible students immediately think of Ezekiel 38 and 39 and the Gog-Magog war. And, um, and uh, still, I still think this could be the precursor to that, setting the stage mm-hmm. for that. Um, to me, as always, uh, especially with geopolitical events on that scale, it's never about what it's about. Uh, I think uh, clearly Russia, had they wanted to and if they wanted to, could easily end this thing uh, overnight, frankly. Yeah. I think it's being kind of prolonged uh, for other reasons, uh, fomenting unrest in the area. And, of course, as the year went on, we now kind of see why, because we've got other uh, attacks and things that have happened. The U.S. sending uh, thousands of troops and ships and subs over there to that region, and as well as the South China Sea. And so, I think it's all part of a bigger uh, picture of uh, kind of destabilizing the region and, and heading us into what the globalists have been wanting for a long time, which is a a global conflict. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And there was a lot of chatter last year um, at the beginning of the year about securing the grain uh, of Ukraine. And also um, energy possibilities. What what you know? Everyone's going to freeze this winter because of European natural gas and Russia, and that's what Putin was after. And I haven't heard anything so far yet this year about that, but it's all been kind of shoved into the corner with so many other things going on. But that's something we looked at. Also, uh, people were asking last January, will Israel go after Iran? And McCarthy, Senator uh, McCarthy, was elected speaker. On the 15th ballot. That was only last January, and then he didn't have a very good year all in all. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah, and, don't, and don't forget uh, in Ukraine the, the bioweapons labs that were uncovered there. Oh, that's right. 
that was a big uh, a big deal. It kind of didn't get much press in the mainstream media, but uh, there's no question that there were at least 20, at least by some of the first-hand reports I heard. Wow. And all these things just uh, disappear. When, whenever the headlines change, these things disappear, but we don't get any answers on what it all means, and it's impossible to follow up because there's nothing in the news anymore. But Ukraine did stay in the news. Now, do you do you have any updates on what's going on over there? Because with Israel being in the news, there's really nothing about Ukraine. Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, no, I think, uh, you know, we still see uh, some of the same things we saw last winter with, uh, you know, the official narrative being that Russia's waiting for the ground to freeze and they're doing this and that. But, you know, several things that I think are worth pointing out. First of all, we've had troops involved over there on the ground, contrary to the mainstream narrative since the beginning. Uh, certainly our weapons and technology and, and support are are there with Ukraine. But, you know, I've always cautioned people to be very careful about getting drawn into a good guy, bad guy scenario, because uh, I, I spoke early on in that war at a conference in Tulsa, and I did sort of an expose on Zelensky, nothing that's not freely available for those who take the time to look at it, but something that a lot of people weren't aware of, and that is the connection that Zelensky has to the World Economic Forum. He's a Klaus Schwab disciple. He and Putin both, and uh, you know, neither one of them are quote unquote good guys. It's all uh, a, a uh, you know posturing, and it's all setting the stage for something much larger. Obviously, you know, we any time innocent people die in, in war, it's tragic, and we do want to help as best we can because in the political world, Ukraine is an ally. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's not uh, let's not go to extremes and, and assume uh, things that aren't true. Uh, I think uh, you know it's always about fomenting unrest. Now, if you see Turkey get involved, which they've absolutely uh, you know had some pretty serious uh, statements and actions. Uh, I, I still wonder why they haven't left NATO yet or, yeah. or why NATO hasn't kicked them out, frankly, because mm-hmm. they're not uh, behaving like a, a true ally. But if they were to get involved and in Syria and Libya and some of the other Gog Magog nations, then I think it really becomes clear why this was all happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And Zelensky sort of made a, I don't know, a second career of asking for money of the West Throughout the year, uh, people uh, seem to suggest that he thought the U.S. was kind of like Amazon. He could place an order, and overnight he would have all his millions of dollars. And it, that kind of wore thin, didn't it? It seemed like he would come over to the West and he'd, he'd speak to Congress or whatever, and next thing you know, nothing. Um, I think he's stopped begging for money at this point. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, and, it's, and even the money wasn't all going just to Ukraine. It was a way to get, you know, millions of dollars over to that region. But uh, there's never an accounting. You know, I can remember 22 years ago when uh, the, the Secretary of State, uh, uh, you know, Don Rumsfeld, stood up on national TV and said, admitted that the uh, Pentagon has no idea where $2.3 trillion dollars uh, is and so there's all kinds of black money out there. So we the numbers get so high that we can't really even comprehend it. But yeah, on paper we were approving you know a support package after support package, and then who knows what happens to the funds uh, after that. But yeah, it has it does seem to have quieted down a bit. Yes, and initially I think they thought it was going to go very quickly. Within six months that would be over, and uh, we're nowhere near that. Are we coming up on two years with uh, Ukraine? Uh, yeah, I, think, uh, I don't know if it's a year or two years, but yeah, it's it's time time goes fast. But uh, I love how you you started the program by talking about the the changing news cycle and and you know signs for months, including some of my own podcasts. You know, we talked about it a lot mm-hmm. as a, a prophetic perspective. 
and now some of these other conflicts. So that was, that was pretty much uh, January. February was fascinating, too. Um, one of the big stories was the spy balloon. Remember the the spy balloon, which they are, they are calling it high-altitude object events, because there were many of them around the world, and people were wondering when someone was going to take charge of this and shoot the thing down. And so we called it balloonist, and that, that carried on for a few weeks and then kind of disappeared. But you talked about Turkey. The, the Turkey earthquake was February 6th. 60,000, over 60,000 people were killed in that, and I haven't heard anything on the rebuilding. Um, uh, I would imagine it's going rather slow, but my point being, of course, the loss of life in that situation, but uh, how we don't hear anything anymore. The other uh, main thing was that toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, that that environmental mess that no one seemed to want to uh, you know, uh, clean up or care about. And there were other train derailments, Minnesota, North Dakota, Pennsylvania. So that's kind of how we started February. Uh, anything jump out at you, JB, about any of those events? Well, yeah, a couple of so things. Well, first of all, we just had another one uh, in Kentucky, I think it was, within the last week or so, train derailment. Oh, that's right. uh, I don't know yeah. what's going on there, but it really is strange how these things come in waves. Uh, and my mind always goes immediately to some type of uh, nefarious agenda yeah. there. But uh, back to what you call the balloonacy, I call it the balloonapalooza. Uh, <laughs> you know, there was just a story just yesterday in the Washington Times that uh, didn't get much uh, – Notice, although maybe today some people will start talking about it. Uh, but, uh, Bill Gertz wrote an article that uh, China's high altitude balloon program is linked to the military's hypersonic missile program. Mm. Command for both systems is prepared to conduct, quote, merciless attacks on a conflict with the United States, according to a Chinese defense research report. So, you know, there's, uh, there's, you know, here it is uh, several months later, and the truth begins to come out. Uh, the thing that stuck out at the, to me at the time about that was it was hard to make sense of even the narrative that they were trying to weave, because when they finally admitted that it was a Chinese spy balloon, at least one of them, um, you know, then it took them forever to, to knock it down. I mean, I mean, under in whose world is that normal? I mean, any other president, you'd think it would become priority number one. It's the minute we know that a major superpower who is not our ally is, you know, flying surveillance balloons with impunity across the mainland United States, you'd think we would knock that down immediately. But it took quite a while for them to finally uh, get it. Several. Not sure, yeah, I'm not sure if that was on purpose or or what. But the the notion that we didn't know what it was uh, really defies credulity in my mind. Yeah. Definitely. And, and as I looked through uh, headlines from that time, like I said earlier, there were many all over the world. It wasn't just over North America, but it was mostly over military uh, facilities and installations in this country. Surprise, JB, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, boy, who could have seen that coming? Yeah, yeah. Wow, what a novel idea. <laughs> who'd have thunk it? Um, uh, but again, they called them high altitude object events. So we may have more of those. Uh, as the this year uh, winds down, who knows? I mean, it's never a dull moment on planet Earth here. Um, so again, the, the train derailments, the earthquake in Turkey, all of that took place in February. In March, this is interesting. The UN declared Israel's founding as a catastrophe. Now that's not terribly surprising, um, but they released. I mean, they're the ones that that actually uh, allowed for Israel to become a state. Again, the UN did. Of course, we have very, very short memories on things like that. Um, but 
when we get to this point in the year and we have all the anti-Semitism and all the anti-Israel, you know, from the rivers to the sea, uh, et cetera, et cetera, we should not be surprised. I think we have short memories also, JB, on what, uh, how the world has always perceived Israel. So, um, were you surprised at the level of anti-Semitism? Um, no, um, you know, and, um, and I think there's a connection between those public statements back in March from the UN and what we now know was a planned attack uh, on uh, on Israel. However, it was pulled off. That's still to me somewhat of an open question. Uh, the fact is, we know it was pre-planned. We've got the cell phone records that they, they don't pull off a massive attack like that, talking about Hamas, uh, without some level of you know pre-planning. And so, you know, who knows? Uh, it certainly seemed to be setting the stage early on in the year for anti-Semitic rhetoric. And then, of course, now, uh, you know, it, it's ratcheted up, which is completely unfounded, but it goes all the way back uh, to Ab- you know, Abraham in Genesis 12 with, uh, you know, uh, Jacob and Esau and Isaac and Ishmael, and the, the battle is not going to go away uh, simply by making some land deal. Uh, the, the land is Israel's land. It's the Holy Land. It's God's land. Holy means set apart. And uh, the reason there's so much tension over there is not just about a piece of real estate. It's because there's, you know, just inherent value and, and meaning in that land. It's God's land. He gave it to Israel. It belongs to them. And if they keep, uh, people keep talking about giving away, it away, no matter how, you know, small a piece they give away, that's not honoring God. So mm-hmm. someday Christ is going to come back, as Scripture clearly foretells. He's going to set up the kingdom from Israel in the rebuilt temple, sitting on uh, the throne of David, just as scriptures tell us. And at that point, uh, he will vanquish all of the enemies. I was just reading about that yesterday from Zechariah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, when the U.N. passed this, uh, Hal Lindsey has a great article on this. He says, the U.N. passed a resolution mocking and condemning the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Their action derided the Old and New Testaments, including a clear um, the clear teaching of Jesus. How did they do this? Well, in a 90 to 30 vote with 47 abstentions, they passed a resolution calling the founding of modern Israel catastrophe. And Hal says, let that soak in. God kept his promise. A nation was born in a day. He brought back people, he brought his people back into the land that he gave them so long ago. And the UN now chooses to commemorate that miracle as a catastrophe. Um, so May 15th was actually the date. Uh, the target resolution, and of course, Israel uh, became a nation May 14th on the Gregorian calendar that year. Uh, they called it a day of lament and calls for vengeance against the Jews. Well, surprise, here we are. So there yeah. should be no surprises. Well, I'm sure you've seen this meme, you know, as, as we enter December here, today's December the 1st, and we're thinking about Christmas and celebrating the birth of our Savior, but I, I got a meme yesterday. Billions of people around the globe are about to celebrate the birthday of a Jewish man born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, but don't think Jews lived there before 1948. <laughs> I, saw that. I saw that. I put that on my social media, too. Uh, wow. Yeah. That kind of just uh, gives some needed context to the situation. Yeah, um, sure. Wow. Uh, he, Hal also says, uh, they don't mention that Israel was founded in accordance with UN resolutions. They don't mention that tragedies such as the Holocaust made it obvious that the, Jew, that the Jews needed their own homeland. Great Britain, the holder of that land, agreed to give it to Israel. They don't mention that Arab nations fooled masses of people into going to Palestine, quote unquote, just prior to 1948 by promising them land and prosperity. These people were then declared refugees, even though they had not been in the land long enough to qualify for status, according to the UN's own rules. So hypocrisy 
is the name of the game, of course, when it comes to the UN and Israel. Yeah, wow. no doubt. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it, and it's not going to stop. And I think it's, no. it's heating up. You know. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so that was in March. Also in March, the Silicon Bank failure, and I think a lot of us were sort of stealing for multiple bank failures, sort of a cascade event. There were five bank failures in March, um, and a lot of people were blaming woke policies on why these banks failed. What do you have? Uh, do you have a take on that? And were you expecting more banks to go under at that time? Uh, it wouldn't have surprised me, but you know, I, I've talked recently about a, a new. Uh, term that I've started using um, called abnormalcy bias, yeah. and that's that's when you know we all know what normalcy bias is when you you know you're you're kind of locked into tunnel vision. But abnormalcy bias is kind of the opposite when because we understand Bible prophecy and we understand that the the global elite are trying to bring down America and usher in a one world system. Anytime there's a major event, we sort of uh, think in terms of, uh, you know, the sky is falling like Chicken Little, and we think it's all going to happen tomorrow. It's sort of that abnormalcy bias. And I've learned, having studied, you know, the, the the grand conspiracy, the biblical conspiracy that Satan is working with human agents to try to destroy a God and take over this, this world, uh, which, of course, he's already failed. He will, will not succeed. He just refuses to acknowledge it. He's, he's just a, a great big loser. But, uh, you know, that, that conspiracy, when, when having studied it for so long, when things Things happen. I've I've learned a lot of times they're not going to happen as fast as we think they are. You know, we uh, we we tend they tend to move a little bit more slowly. But the economy, as I've documented in my most recent three books, has been on life support for decades. Uh, it's not that it's going to fall eventually organically. I think it will fall when the Luciferian elite pull the plug and are, they're ready to move into the next phase of their plan. So it definitely crossed my mind earlier this year when we started seeing all those bank failures um, that could this be the beginning of the end. But, you know, they weren't ready yet. They, they, they want us to kind of limp along uh, and pretending that we have money when we really don't. Uh, but it's a house of cards, to be sure. Uh, we're on life support, and uh, you know, I hate to sound so cynical, but I mean, by every metric, you know, the the debt, the national debt, the deficit, uh, credit card debt. I uh, had uh, my good friend Randy on Wednesday, and we talked about some of the, the the different, you know, student loans, auto loans, housing, the housing market. There are just so many metrics uh, that indicate things are highly unstable. Uh, so. You know, they have to get America out of the way, according to their own, you know, blueprint, they being the Luciferian elite, the global elites. They have to get America out of the way to usher in the one world system. And I don't think it'll be any one weapon. I think it's going to be a combination, a cumulative effect. Mm-hmm. Certainly right there at the tip of the spear is going to be some type of economic crash that causes us to, as Leo Homan would say, uh, request and beg for the one world currency, the one world system, the CBDCs, the anti and false prophet will need to orchestrate that, that full spectrum planetary control grid. Yes, absolutely. And it, it, there's an endless carrot being dangled of every front human because you have to eat and you have to have a job. And so these basic needs are going to be something that's going to be the number one priority. And however they get there, they're going to be okay with that. And you mentioned the abnormalcy bias, the normality bias. Now there's the conformity bias. And the conformity bias I've heard recently is all about just having that narrative, pushing those lies, whether it's COVID or whatever, and people believe them. And therefore their life is ordered around them. And they just learn to conform 
you know, it's the frog in the pot thing, but the conformity bias is, is a little bit scary because we saw that with COVID and I saw the minions, you know, jumping off the cliff and it was a little bit frightening. Uh, there's an article on Zero Hedge by Tyler Durden and it's called It Will Happen Suddenly. And he says, says only a year ago, the average person was still hanging on to the belief that the world is in a state of recovery, that however tentative, the economy is on the mend. And this is understandable, he says. After all, the media have been doing a bang-up job of explaining the situation in a way that treats recovery as a general assumption. The only point of discussion is the method applied to achieve the recovery, but the recovery itself is treated as a given. And then he says, however, as thorough a distraction and media governments have provided, the average person has begun to recognize that something is fundamentally wrong, and he now has a gut feeling that, even though he is not well-versed enough to describe in economic terms what is incorrect in the endless chatter he sees, he now senses that the situation will not end well. And that's the truth, because whenever there's a downturn, right away the narrative is recovery, 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 and we all go, oh, good, we're in recovery. Let's go back to what we were doing. So the Lord is holding this together as well as the Middle East until, I think, a certain moment, J.B. That, that's where I'm coming from on that. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, the, the, the Luciferian elite forget you know, that, that God is the ultimate arbiter of the timetable. So they've got their blueprints. They've been talking about 2025 and Agenda 2030 and you know, when they're going to usher in the CBDCs and those types of things. And they can plan all they want. But God's in control, and, you know, these things are going to happen, if you understand Bible prophecy. We are going to have a one-world system, and if the Lord doesn't come back soon to rescue the church from this uh, present evil age, as Paul talks about in Galatians 1-4, uh, then we're going to be a part of it. You know, mm-hmm. the, the one-world system is not something that is inaugurated by the beast and the false prophet. They, it, they only reign for seven years. They're not going to have time to, to put in place a one-world government. They're going to yeah. step into an already developed one-world government. That's my view. And so I think uh, it's rapidly heading that way, and we have to be uh, you know, have to be thinking in those terms. Now, we can't presume upon the rapture. The rapture is not a promise that we will be, quote, rescued before things get bad, unquote, although uh, sometimes people tend to think of it in that way, but that's not at all the biblical picture. The rapture simply re- rescues the church before the great day of the Lord's wrath, that 70th week of Daniel. Uh, but uh, we know that's a promise that's given to us uh, throughout Scripture, and clearly in 1 Thess 1.10 and, and 1 Thess 5.9. But, uh, but things could get a lot worse, in America especially, before that 70th week of Daniel. So mm-hmm. I think Believers need to be eyes wide open, not scared. We're never to be scared, but prepared, um, and uh, and think in terms of of what if. You know, mo- right. most people, if they couldn't get to Walmart, um, you know, would really be panicking and dumpster diving with <laughs> yeah. a number of days. Yeah, and I love how you put that too about everything being in place. And and um, John Haller said the same thing yesterday. He said the the, the beast and uh, the false prophet aren't going to be sitting around and go, gee, now do we? Now what do we do? We need, you know, we, you know, here's the abomination of desolation. What's next? That is not anywhere near here. I think um, the fact that these are things are in place and a lot of switches can be flipped very quickly to make these things happen. I think that's something that we're sort of thinking about of late. Um, having all these structures in place, because uh, JB, I never really thought about that much until the last year or so. Yeah, me neither. You know, I want to go back to something you said about how uh, you know easily people went along with the agenda back during the pandemic. Uh, I was talking to Alex Newman, uh, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, and you know he's such an incredible researcher yeah. and 
speaker, and it's just like drinking from a fire hydrant to listen <laughs> yes. speak. But he uh, he had a great quote. I remember the exact uh, quote, but he, he basically said, you know, after a hundred years of these indoctrination camps, also known as the compulsory government schooling uh, system, uh, people are just conditioned. Uh, to respond the way we tell them to. And he likened it to Pavlov's dog. And he said, mm-hmm. you know, when you try to tell people the truth about, you know, whether it's masks or the economy or any any falsehood that's out there, they just kind of, glo- you know, get a gloss to overlook and, and just kind of like they're looking through you. And he said, that's the equivalent of the drool from Pavlov's dog, you know. And, you know, it's really a great word picture. It is. It is. The way most people... Uh, respond. They, they've lost the ability uh, to think critically, unfortunately. Yeah. And not very flattering for the human race either. We're talking to J.B. Hickson today, notbyworks.org. My name is Mary Danielson, and you are listening to Stand Up for the Truth. And we're talking about this last year, 2023, and going back to January and seeing what we were watching uh, throughout the year. A lot of it we've forgotten about, and we want to look at some context on that. So I'm hoping that you will stay with me. We're going to take a break here, and we will be back with JB for the remainder of 2023. And if you're in the De Pere, uh, Wisconsin area, we have JB's book, Spirit of the False Prophet, available in our lobby for purchase. For our address and hours, check out the link, Quick Facts, under the About tab at Q90FM.com. Q90FM.com. It'll make a great Christmas gift. Back in two minutes. Your prayers and ongoing financial support keep our Truth at Any Cost mission strong. StandUpForTheTruth.com Welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth for December the 1st. This is Mary Danielson, and we are speaking to J.B. Hickson, NotByWorks.org. J.B.'s a busy guy. He's going to be speaking at the annual Pre-Trib Study Group Conference next week. So if you think of it, pray for him and his travels and, and for all those men getting together and talking about the blessed hope. We are talking about today, 2023 in retrospect as a, a general year, and some of the headlines that we've looked at. It's, it's great to look back and see what was going on when. April... Uh, we had some things on a low simmer. Again, um, Israel was attacking some Syrian targets. That went on quite a bit through the month of April. There was a war in Sudan, uh, the war in Ukraine. That was our low simmer. There was a deadly ice storm in Quebec and Ontario, and millions were without power, so that was going on. That was right before the wildfires, I'm guessing. But the number one thing in April that I found is smart cities, 15-minute cities, and uh, as tools of surveillance and control. JB, you have some things to say about those smart cities. Yeah, you know, I, I love what Aman Jabi said. A smart city is just a polite word for an invisible open air concentration camp. And, <laughs> and that's what they're trying uh, to accomplish, is they want full spectrum control. Satan has control issues. And we read in Psalm 2 that his earthly conspirators, the kings of the earth, are trying to break the bonds of God's control. And uh, so he, he, he wants the control for himself. And that means that we can't have any control. And so, obviously, if you're allowed to live anywhere, travel anywhere, do anything, have the, the inalienable freedoms that God gave us as mankind made in his image, uh, that does not comport with their agenda. Mm-hmm. So they're now 
trying to, and they've already done it in so many cities, especially over in Europe, uh, trying to con- confine everybody to these little, uh, you know, as Javi says, open-air concentration camps. Uh, Catherine Austin Fitz, whom I know you know, mm-hmm. says, I would describe this as a slavery system. Uh, so we're talking about shifting out of freedom, where we have freedom to roam and freedom to say what we want into a complete control system 24-7, including mind control. And this all comes from technology. And I write about this uh, extensively in the new book. Uh, the subtitle is Rise of the Global Technocracy. But these technocrats, uh, they want to use these uh, these smart cities, these Internet of Things, um, so that, again, quoting at Catherine Austin Fitz, if they don't want you to be able to use your money more than five miles from your home, that's it. They'll turn your money off uh, from, you know, and, and you won't be able to use it. So, you know, I think uh, whenever we see the word smart, smartphone, smart appliances, smart house, smart city, uh, just think spy, because that's what those things are. It's all about spying on you, uh, controlling you, and, and they've got, you know, major... Uh, summits, you know, the, the C40, it's called, that happens every year. Uh, you know, the World Mayor's Summit, it's called, where they get together and brag about uh, which cities are doing a better job at controlling, you know, their, their people. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just amazing. And, of course, uh, I don't know if this is on your list, but the continuing hoax of climate uh, change uh, you know, coming up, you've got COP28 that's mm-hmm. going to be down there in Dubai. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Alex Newman's going to be at that reporting live. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, as they continue to push this agenda, it's all just a pretext for control. Absolutely. Uh, and the article that caught my eye uh, back in the first week of April, critics warn of a dragnet of surveillance as U.S. pushes ahead with plans for more smart cities. And it says U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg, I think that's how you say that, last week announced $94 million in grant awards to fund 59 smart city technology projects across the country. Despite widespread and mounting pushback against biometric surveillance and control systems that is associated with smart city technology, um, Buttigieg told the, uh, told the Verge he thinks smart city technologies matter more than ever. And, and also, I think, too, is the interconnectedness that has to go along with this, uh, JB, because, um, you know, you can have a smart, uh, chip in your appliances and such, but then ultimately it will be on the person. It'll be on a person and it will be, uh, something that, um, follows you everywhere you go. And so digital IDs are big. That's coming actually coming rather rather quickly, um, the World Health Organiz- Organization has adopted the European Union system of digital uh, COVID certification and plans to transform it into a global system. So there's a lot of chips, JB, out there, um, ultimately be to be on the person to eliminate all the things that we're still waiting for. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And, and people, I think, still haven't quite gotten their hands around that it's not about the cbdc's it's about the digital id yes which the cbdc is only going to be one part so uh you know i, I have a quote in uh, my message i'm giving next week at, in dallas at the, the pre-trib conference from michael evans the president of the alibaba group which is a, a chinese multinational tech company uh and uh he, he talks about how individual carbon footprint trackers mm. are coming uh, uh, and, uh, you know, this, as you said, could quite possibly be inside you. But uh, he's unashamed about it. He's speaking. I have the video of him saying this at a World Economic Forum uh, meeting. And so, 
you know, people just don't think see it coming. We, we've we've quote several people in my book. I have a chapter uh, in in the new book, uh, Spirit of the False Prophet, uh, called uh, "Now You See It, Now You Don't," and it's talking about the whole history of the monetary system and where it's where it's heading. But I quote Tom Mutton, the Bank of England uh, there guy. There could be some socially beneficial outcomes from preventing activity, which is seen to be socially harmful in some way. Well, who gets to determine what's socially harmful? Do you really want your banker, uh, which ultimately will be the government, uh, controlling you know, what you think and what you post on social media? Right. It's, uh, it's, it's complete and utter uh, control. Uh, uh, Augustine Carstens, that little peach of a guy, says uh, the key is that the central bank would have, quote, absolute control uh, that's what they want. Yeah. That, that's what these guys are, are, are driving for. Well, starting in September, um, and now I'm talking about an article from April, but starting in September, it says the EU will mandate that all member states offer a digital identity wallet to all citizens and businesses. So things are um, things are moving forward rather quickly, even if it's not in the U.S. necessarily, but the EU is way on the cutting edge of this. And then Obama, former President Obama, suggested in a new interview the development of digital fingerprints to get this, to combat misinformation and distinguish between true and misleading news for consumers. What? No. Okay, I don't quite get that. So that's the reason that we need digital fingerprints, so that they can tell us what's true and what isn't? Yeah, I, that's funny you bring that up, because I, I mentioned that same uh, Obama quote, in the, but people don't understand that the, the so-called zero, proto, zero uh, uh, trust protocol in the Internet uh, is is really about controlling you. They're they're couching it in terms of preventing you know child abuse and child sex trafficking and other evil things that that take place on the internet. Um, but uh, you know it's really ultimately about controlling you so that you won't have access to anything uh, without their permission. Mm-hmm. And you know going back to the the economics of it, the the, the digital ID that you referenced and the corresponding uh, digital currency are all connected to what their ultimate plan is of universal basic income, where, you know, you'll mm-hmm. get what you get and you'll like it, and you won't have any opportunity to get more than that. So mm-hmm. it flies in the face of the biblical principle of, of reaping and sowing and working hard and being faithful, and to whom much is given, much is required. And if you're faithful in a little, I'll make you faithful over much. It's so uh, anti-biblical and, and anti-American, uh, frankly. Wow. Yeah, we're still waiting on some of that, but it's coming. I mean, nothing's changed just because we don't hear about it every day. It is still coming. Let's move on to May because we talked about the pandemic treaty uh, with the WEF. Also, the UN announced they were seeking new powers for global emergencies, unnamed and unquantified global emergencies. Iran, uh, Israel was closing in on Iran back in May. Gender affirmation chatter was at an all-time high, and that's the quote where Biden said, these are not your kids, they are all our kids. So the war on children uh, heated up just in a run-up to the Pride Month. Canadian wildfires destroyed 59,000 square miles of Canada. Uh, Target started flaunting its wokeness. There was record flooding in the U.S. Northeast, Mississippi River, Virginia, North Carolina. May was the really uh, a beginning of a cranked-up uh, birth pangs and this pandemic treaty. Any of that strike your fancy, JB? Oh, it's it's. I'm so glad you're going through all this because so much of it I had forgotten, yeah. and I mm-hmm. think our listeners have as well. And and it's you know those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it, mm-hmm. as George Santos said. Yep. And sometimes it's helpful just to kind of sit down with our family and and talk about where we've been. Things happen so fast 
that we that, that they're upon us and, and gone before we even uh, realize it. But yeah, that uh, that pandemic uh, tr- treaty that you're talking about there, the World Health Organization. You know, I was not a fan and am not a fan of Donald Trump, but he certainly did some good things when he was in office. One of which was kind of uh, speaking out against the World Health Organization. I don't think it really reflected his true views, or he wouldn't have you know put Monsef Salawi from Moderna in charge of warp speed, and he wouldn't have pushed <laughs> right. the vaccine. But still, that actual moment when he withdrew funding from the WHO was a good moment, and uh, and he had a few of those. And so, yeah, I think uh, we need to always be leery of these globalist organizations that uh, are calling upon America and Americans to cede our uh, personal freedoms and national sovereignty. Yes, absolutely. A lot, a lot went on. Uh, in that time period, uh, especially, like I said, the run-up to the Pride Month, which is June. Pride Month, I call it a telethon. They use uh, that particular month to raise money for all of their LGBT uh, causes. Uh, the White House, yay, had a drag party on the lawn and displayed the LGBTQ flag around Flag Day, which I found absolutely despicable. But yeah, I don't, it wasn't, you know. Go ahead. Wasn't it up there in your state? Uh, you're in Wisconsin, right? Mm-hmm. Uh the the guy was arrested for passing out gospel tracts on a public sidewalk yeah. while in the background there was a publicly uh, supported uh, drag show where they were you know basically um, sexualizing children. Yes, I mean I, I don't remember if, if I've got the facts right on that. Yep. At the, That's the true. State, but yeah, it's just it's like you know an upside down world and. You know, Biden. Uh, it was sickening. I mean, anybody that that loves this country, and uh, you know, loves the freedoms that we are supposed to have, although they're slipping away, mm-hmm. it should have turned your stomach to see those flags uh, waving. And yes, it's just sickening. Yeah, and the drag parties um, all over the country. They were they were taking this on the road, and we had one in Appleton. Um, this drag event, and there was a bus, and there were the same people in every city. They were on, a lot of them were on Sundays, and there were, um, so they were open air drag programs, whatever you want to call them. Um, and this went on all over the country. The library, a drag story hour. I mean, that was, that was all around the middle of this last year. And again, Target, uh, displayed their wokeness, and it was all in all pretty sickening. So that was the middle of the year, July. Uh, and August, that was interesting. There was record heat around the globe, the U.S. and Europe, floods in India, wildfires in, wildfires in Greece. It was the hottest month in recorded history around the world. That was July. Um, the Pacific tropical storm season set records. China flooding, the worst in 140 years. Also, bank accounts were being shuttered. You might remember this, uh, Dr. Mercola, Nigel Farage. Nearly one million bank accounts of U.K. citizens were shut over the last few years. Uh, cash continued to be discontinued. It became the enemy. Uh, again, more CBDC talks. British banks began working with credit agencies to monitor the social media pages of its customers. So now you have your social credit score. Um, I was a little surprised at some of these bank accounts being shuttered because these are very high influential people. Uh, I haven't heard a lot about that since the, since that time. How, have you heard anything of uh, famous people and their bank accounts being shuttered? Well, I think I haven't, other than the ones you mentioned, at least not off the top of my head here. But you know that that's all just conditioning. You know, they okay. they, they you, people always think that'll never happen to me until it does. Yeah. And you know, they're they're heading towards a system again, going back to the biblical uh, prophetic roadmap 
uh, of uh, where everything will be tokenized, every single thing, your your carbon footprint. Uh, I had to buy a ticket uh, just a couple days ago for my daughter, uh, who's a, a student at uh, Grand Canyon University, to come home for Christmas. She was here for Thanksgiving, and we talked about her schedule for Christmas, and so I went online to buy her a ticket from United Airlines. And right there on United Airlines, each one of the ticket options, when I put in the parameters and, and it gave me the different flights, has a carbon score so that, you know, allegedly, so people can decide, well, how much carbon do I want to use? This flight uses this much, this one uh, even more. And it's just becoming pervasive, and, and they're conditioning us to check your carbon footprint, your social credit score, as you said, even your medical status. You know, uh, if you uh, you know if you eat too many uh, Doritos, well, then you might not get your your full allotment of the universal basic income this month. Your water usage, mm-hmm. um, they're to control that even on private property where you have a private well, like where we live and where our uh, office is. So you know, it's it's a it's a it's incredible what's happening, and and people don't even really. Uh, pay attention. I mean, uh, at a international monetary fund uh, meeting, or one of their representatives, Bo Ling was his name. He he actually cited China positively, saying we need to follow the model of the Chinese Communist Party, and he extolled the virtues of social credit scoring. Uh-huh. I mean, it's it's a world out of control. Yeah, I think it's just the high-profile people like you know Nigel Farage and. Mercola, it's coming for everybody if the Lord doesn't come back soon. Yeah, and just put a kill switch on everything because that'll that'll learn people to think they can go see the USA in their Chevrolet and summer vacations are going to be a thing of the past. I read an article yesterday that said Americans should expect an 85% reduction in the lifestyle that they are accustomed to. And you know, JB, that is not going to get swallowed very well. Um, and sporting events, um, leaving the lights on in Vegas around the clock. I mean, th- these these are things that are going to be eventually uh, reined in. Um, and then again, so many incredible uh, natural events. It says here, uh, USA Today, from storms to wildfires, it's already been a record catastrophic year for weather and, of course, climate disasters across the nation. And we've got nearly four months to go. As of Monday, and this is from September 11th, the U.S. has endured a whopping 23 separate weather and climate disasters that have each led to at least a billion dollars in damage. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration said on Monday, and it breaks all previous records. There was also quite the tornado season um, and hurricanes because the the oceans are a little bit warmer. The storms are going to get bigger. Um, I think we can look to that. And another thing, too, is I'm going to move to August here because the Lahaina Maui wildfire uh, happened in August. I haven't heard anything on that, but a lot of speculation on how that actually came about, and Hawaii had several wildfires, wildfires, not just that one. But I haven't heard anything about the Lahaina fire. Have you heard anything uh, more on that? Uh, no, I mean, I think it's kind of run its course. They've okay. denied uh, all of the you know eyewitness accounts and the speculation and stuff and said nothing to see here, move along. Sure. But uh, not to get too controversial, but I do have a whole chapter in my Spirit of the Antichrist Volume 1 book on geoengineering and a lot of the, quote, natural disasters that you just uh, reeled off there from this past year uh, are not organic. They are engineered. Uh, this is a fact. It's not, you know, you can look up the documentation. I've got, you know, 40 pages of bibliographic citations in that particular book. Uh, and so people need to, re- to realize that when you have these 
droughts and these fire fires and these snowstorms and things like that even, uh, there's a very good chance that those were manufactured. Uh, but uh, they have they have learned to do that, though. China even has a, quote, weather modification office. It's right there on the web. You can see it. When they hosted the Olympics a few years ago, uh, people were asking, are you worried about the weather? And they said, oh, no, absolutely not. We control the weather. We, we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> you know. And, and so it's, you know, the, the patents are out there, the U.S. Uh, uh, non-government organizations that work as contractors for the government. So so I, I just encourage people to do some research on that and, and recognize that uh, often when there's a d- disaster, adding to the tragedy of it all is the fact that somebody um, probably planned it for nefarious means. Well, it'll be interesting to see what kind of winter we have. You know, farmers' almanac, not with, but they're, they're never right anyway. So <laughs> it'll be interesting to see because we're in the great white north here and we really get clobbered sometimes. So we'll see what happens with there. September, there was an earthquake in Marrakesh, uh, 6.8. Dead, dead. I was in on September the 9th. Um, the EU again mandated their digital ID wallet. Uh, here's the interesting thing too, and we don't have a lot of time left, but I want to talk about this a little bit because Saudi normalization talk, that cranked up on the third anniversary of the original Abraham Accords. And they talked about this in September. And, you know, will they formalize relations with Israel along with Bahrain, Morocco, Sudan, the UAE? And the, it was, this was the article on September 30th. It could lead to a new Middle East. And the framework was in place on September 30th. Oh dear, dear. A week later, there's war in Israel. Do you, what do you think about the connection between, hey, we can't have peace here. Let's crank up what we really want. And that is the destruction of Israel. Yeah, I think on a lower level, that was, that was part of it. I think, uh, you know there are real, uh, you know, lower-level operatives that hate Israel and that are will do anything to kill uh, Jews, and uh, you know that they're just evil terrorists that are out there. And so I think that fomented uh, some of the anger and hostility. But I still believe that, that, that it's part of a bigger plan, and it was it was uh, orchestrated and planned years in advance. Mm. And I think it remains to be seen kind of where it's leading. I think someday we'll look back, as is always the case, and we'll be able to go, ah, okay, I see why that happened and where it was, where it was heading. But, uh, yeah, the, you know, there's a lot of people that weren't, weren't happy about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's interesting to me, I just kind of noted this this morning in my head, about uh, most wars are between countries. This is a war between a country and a people group that hates that country. Usually it's, you know, this country against that country and you have resources and you, you throw them at each other. This is something really, really different. The ceasefire has ended. Things have cranked up. My heart breaks for these hostages and the families. JB, do you have any thoughts on how they're going to, I don't think anybody knows what they're going to do. It seems unresolvable, but how are they going to get the rest of these hostages out? Boy, uh, it just, it's so heart-wrenching, um, you know, in, in the, some of the reports that we've seen out of there, I, I've got you know friends that have firsthand accounts that have just turn your stomach. I, I don't know. I think uh, it's going to kind of continue to escalate. My, uh, I've asked a lot of Bible prophecy experts about this, but they all seem to be of like mind that this is not going to simmer down. That it's probably going to continue and lead right into all of the end times uh, wars that that guys like Phil Salas have have talked about. Um, I mean, the fact is, if we really wanted to, we could have destroyed Hamas and Hezbollah a long time ago. Right. Unfortunately, in America, 
there are still rogue elements of our government that are in bed with the Luciferians, and they want us. I mean, look, we we created and funded Al Qaeda before they became our enemy. Yep. You know, we've funded uh, a lot of these organizations, either directly or indirectly, and and that's just the nature of the game in this big picture. Is that sometimes your enemy be- is your friend, sometimes your friend becomes your enemy, and it's it's very complex. Well, and you can start to see where an antichrist, a person of great influence, because I said to my husband, I said, isn't there some organization that can come along? I can't believe I said this, right? Some organization that can come along and say, here, you do, like Solomon, you do this and you do that, and we're going to fix this. And then I thought, wow, that's an interesting um, mental thought pattern I was having, because this is a perfect example of a, of a war, uh, a situation that seems unresolvable in every, there's no winners, only losers, you know, and the Antichrist, the tribulation kicks off with a confirming a covenant with many. This is one of those seemingly unfixable situations. What do you think about that? Yeah, we're not going to have peace until the Prince of Peace comes back and takes the throne and rules with a rod of iron. I mean, that, I hate to be so defeatist. I think we can have pockets of revival and pockets of victory. The Spirit of God is alive and well, and He's He's moving. But any notion that somehow man can can solve uh, global peace, peace is is no more likely than man being able to solve his own uh, problem, which of course is separation from a holy God. And mm-hmm. the same way that we have to tr- come to Jesus Christ, the only one who can forgive sin and give us the gift of eternal life, and trust in Him personally. Uh, in order to be saved by faith alone, uh, it's only going to be through that same Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, that we see global peace uh, on earth. Mm-hmm. And there will be a false peace on earth, of course, and people will follow after that man. But, wow, JB, it's been quite a year. We're not quite done yet, but we're getting very close. December could still be interesting. Uh, we have two minutes left. What do you see for 2024? Are we talking more persecution, Christians and Jews, anti-Semitism? Uh, what, what do you think is, is going to uh, mark 2024? And we'll revisit this maybe a year from now if the Lord tarries. Wow, I hope we're here a year from now. Let me put it that way. I tell you what, uh, 2024 time is going to be very, very interesting. I mean, even more so than you know every year. I mean, I know we 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 think in terms of you know Y2K or 2012. There's always these big years where you think, oh, this yeah. is the end. You know, yeah. but I'm not that, but I am saying that 2024. Uh, there are so many moving parts coming together. You know, you've got the Trump trials, you've got an election, you've got the economy that is only, you know, on life support, you've got wars heating up, uh, you've, you've just got so many things coming together that uh, I think the guys that I'm talking to are all kind of in agreement that, uh, man, we, 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 it's, it's, you better be ready, buckle up, it's <laughs> going to be quite a year. Expect turbulence is how I like to put it. Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, we already have 360 million Christians are being persecuted around the world, high levels and discrimination, and I think that, um, you know, that's one in seven Christians worldwide. That's a lot. So I think that might be on the burner. Uh, but we shall see. I like the way you think, and I I, uh, I agree with you on all that. A lot of moving parts, a lot of plates in the air if you're on the Ed Sullivan Show. Uh, thank yeah. you, JB, not by works.org. Thank you so much. I have safe travels to Dallas, and we'll connect with you in 2024. Thank you, JB. Awesome. My pleasure. God bless you right. guys. God bless you too. Monday, we have a fresh podcast with Dave Wager. We have Usama Dakdak is back on Tuesday, and I'm interested to see what he is going to talk about when it comes to uh, Islam. But also now we'll factor in the Middle East and we'll see what happens with him. Uh, so, um, 
you know, remember, just visit StandForTheTruth.com. Sign up for our weekly uh, podcast digest for your email inbox. On the top menu bar, click the subscribe link. Enter your first name and email address. Also, feedback is encouraged on any and all podcasts. Comments at StandForTheTruth.com. So that ends another week. It's December, um, and we're just really grateful that you've tuned in. We are listener-supported, so we appreciate everyone who supports Standard for the Truth. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Have a great weekend.